0: listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET, I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. Today marks a new era of local control for public schools in Detroit. Seven members of Detroit's new school board will be sworn in this evening at Cass Technical High School, and they'll hold their first meeting as an entirely reconstituted body. Just one member of the new board served on the old one. The other six are brand new. And this board will be the first to wield its full powers in seven years. Much of tonight's hearing will be housekeeping. They'll adopt bylaws, elect officers, and set a meeting schedule for 2017. But there's also major work to be done. Right off the bat, members could kick off a search for a new superintendent as soon as tonight. And there's a lot of pressure on the board to set Detroit Public Schools on a path to academic and financial success. Joining me now to talk about all of these challenges ahead and the opportunities ahead for public education in Detroit are two of the new members of the Detroit School Board, Sonia Mays and Misha Stallworth. Sonia and Misha, welcome to Detroit Today
1: good morning Stephen. thanks for having us absolutely
0: uh also joining us is chastity pratt dossie she's a reporter with bridge magazine joins us frequently to talk about education in the city of detroit and uh, the state of michigan chastity welcome
2: Hello, Detroit. Detroit Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, Sonia and Misha, big day. Uh, Big day for you guys, but also big day for the city of Detroit. It's been a long time since we had a school board that uh, had control of the district. Uh, The state has been in control of the district since 2009. And even before that, uh, there was a long period of time that... uh, that the state was at least nominally in control of Detroit schools. Uh, give me an exa- Give me an idea of what you are hopeful about here, uh, uh, coming up to, to taking this oath and, and doing this job, but then also give me an idea of the challenges that you're sort of uh, apprehensive about, I guess. Uh, Sonia, I'll start with you.
1: I, first and foremost, I'm just really excited to get started. We have spent the last two and a half months uh, training during nearly 60 hours of work on building a strong board, building a cohesive board, um, working on um, things like visioning and missioning. And so, I'm really excited to get started with um, with with um, what I think Detroit is going to come to realize is an incredibly strong uh, team and the right team for this moment for the school uh, districts. Uh-huh. As far as challenges, um, you know, I I I, I you know, I'm not going to recount the myriad of challenges that the district um, has faced over the last uh, decade plus. But what I will say is that uh, this new board is going to face a number of uh, really significant um, um, challenges right at the right at the start. So you mentioned the uh, the need to do uh, a superintendent search. There's also the SRO process that we'll be faced with very shortly. Yeah, the school
0: reform office and mm-hmm. the, the potential closures of schools by that office, right? Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Or not. <laughs> or not, right? We're still arguing about that a little bit. <laughs> TBD. Right. <laughs> uh, you
1: know, there's this ongoing um, EAA transition work, which in and of itself, um, the the merger of two organizations is always extremely complicated, complex work and, um, and, and should never... Uh, that process should not be shortchanged at all, and so um, and then finally, you know, there's going to be a, a a fresh look at the collective bargaining agreements for the teacher union uh, at the end of the school year, and so any one of these things would have a regular way board very have, have <laughs> their hands very full.
0: Yeah, right. And and as a new board, I would imagine that sort of raises the stakes uh, somewhat uh, above what what it would be if if we already had sort of the board in place. Uh, Misha Stallworth, uh, tell me what uh, you're looking forward to.
3: Um, So I'm really excited about the board itself, about my team. Um, That 60 hours that we spent together was really amazing in terms of seeing the skills that are really coming to the table, the level of commitment that everyone has, and kind of the shared values that we have in terms of really being committed to the kids in our district and to our city. And so I'm really excited about that process. Uh, it's really rare that you can work with a, a good team. Uh, I think those of us who work in groups know how challenging that can be sometimes. Sure, so sure. I'm really excited about that, and um, and excited about the opportunity to, to make a difference. Um, in terms, was, hmm? yeah, go ahead. I was just going to go to challenges. Yeah, but
0: <laughs> I, 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 I'm I'm curious about the 60 hours uh, of of training. What what did it look like? I mean, what were you guys uh, engaged in?
3: So it looked like three nights a week where we were in central office from 5.30 to sometimes nine, sometimes 10. Um, It was briefings from every level of the district as well as meetings with community stakeholders and um, potential partners. We also um, made sure that we had a board retreat where we could really deal with the interpersonal connections and team building um we also have talked about continuing that process of having a retreat where we do one part the business of the district and one part team building communications that kind of thing to make sure that we can continue to be um effective in our work and moving forward those retreats would obviously be open to the public because we'd all be together
0: right right uh and and uh, i'm sorry i interrupted you before you got to the challenges that uh that you're looking forward to facing. (laughs) Yeah,
3: yeah, no worries. Um, I mean, I think Sonia did a really good job outlining the, the business challenges, but to me there's also a very large social challenge in the fact that after coming out of so many years of dealing with disempowerment and disenfranchisement, there's a lot to be done with the public in terms of really changing our mindset and looking forward and understanding that even though we're dealing with the Financial Review Commission, there is a different level of empowerment, and that level of empowerment is important and valuable, and it still means we can make a change and we should engage in the process. So I, I'm, for me, that's something I'm really passionate about, communicating it and um, engaging with people on.
2: Yeah. Go ahead, uh, Jesse. I, I would just um, hope that we could bring the conversation into a little clearer focus. I mean, for years we have heard people in Detroit who are livid that the state took over, the school district, the school board had virtually no powers for you know years and years and years. And now that there is an elected school board with some limited powers, people just want to know what's going to be the difference. What is this board going to do and, and be different from what, parents have seen over the last eight nine years you know uh, we know that now that there's a school board with some power that parents can come to a school board meeting and say hey you elected people you know i have some questions i have some concerns because for the past nine years wasn't there really been a way to do that. <laughs> no public forums for people in detroit to voice their concerns or to even hear what the, the schools were doing with kids, with the money. So now there's a public forum to actually discuss schools, but people, I think, really want to know what's going to be the difference. What, you what are you guys going to be different, uh, do differently from what we've seen in the past?
1: Well, I, th- mm-hmm. I think there's an inherent difference that comes out of the fact that this has returned to a locally elected school board. And so the same way that the past nine years has seen very little um, Opportunity for uh, public forum discussion that really leads to results. It also has meant that there hasn't been focused leadership and there hasn't been long-term planning um, at the at the, the the top of the organization. Every eighteen months, this, this um, th- the school district has gotten a new person in with a new mandate, with a new set of uh, theories about how uh, the district um, should operate, and that type of instability um, has. You know, call, has had the predictable outcomes, and so I think uh, at a at a very basic level, the notion that um, there's a group of people and we have clarity for how long these people will be in the seat um, that that will allow for um, some very meaningful, focused, committed, long term planning. That, um, by the way, is is um, is being done um, in the in the best interests of children.
0: Go ahead, Misha.
3: Yeah, I think also that. Um, you know, prior to having the selected school board and and the previous board having no power, right, you shift into this mode of operations where you have to do activism and, and advocacy outside of the system. And a lot of the work that you do is very focused on being on the record about what the injustice is and really building up momentum around that. And, and it's a very different kind of organizing that's still important um, and that I hope continues also, just to be clear. But now with the elected board and the shift where we're a part of the system, I think the business kind of changes and we're now able to influence that system. Even though we have to work with the the Financial Review Commission, and I'm very intentional about saying work with them because it is a partnership if it's going to operate um, effectively and function well. So I think that that work, like you'll see a difference in how the business is being done and what conversations are being had and in how the accountability process works.
2: I would challenge you a little more on that because I think regular folks just want to know, okay, is this the school board that's going to improve the school's? I mean, that's all they want. They want better schools, and if so, I mean, how are you going to do it? Are we going to uh, increase the number of uh, uh, teachers that we have so that there are fewer kids in the schools? Are we going to, um, uh, 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 you know, close any schools because they don't work, or are we going to reform schools in a way that we've seen work in other places? I mean, give us something, give throw us a bone. What are you going to do to make these I mean, schools
0: better? Are you guys Are you guys talking about? things at that level yet yeah? that sort of uh, ground level uh, where where parents uh, and 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 uh, students sort of uh, encounter the school district the, the, the things that they want changed
1: I'll, let, me, I'll, this, <laughs> let me let me let me try to um, let me try to tackle that so yes. Absolutely, yeah. but I, I actually um, have been pushing people um, to tech, to almost take a half step back, and really recognize and appreciate that nothing um, in education happens in a vacuum. Um, educating children um, it is uh, it it happens in a whole ecosystem of other supportive elements of um, of um, of our community, and um, and and I think it's almost easier. To say, okay, we we're going to go out and we're going to get best practices in curriculum. We're going to get best practices in hiring teachers. We're going to, um, you know, really do a bang up job uh, training teachers. And 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 that's, um, you know, I don't want to I don't want to say it's Captain Obvious, but I mean that's that's almost sort of um, the the easy cut of things. But that totally overlooks the role that things like housing. Um, and um, financial instability, and job security, and a whole host of other things. It overlooks the role that the the aspect that that plays in providing a quality sure. education. And I think um, I think what we have now is a board who understands that, and is willing to have those types of conversations with a range of stakeholders to try to get to a much more uh, comprehensive. Um, solution-driven uh, set of policies for this district that go a little bit beyond just the the, the, um, the more traditional oh. you know walls of the classroom.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Bisha.
3: I would say that we're really clear on the what and that we're working through the how. So the what, yes, we want to support our teachers more. Yes, we want to pay them more. Yes, we want better schools. Yes, we want to, like Sonia was talking about, find the best curriculum. Yes, we want to support our special needs students. And I think I would say that we're really clear on the what and that to your question, Steven, about what conversations are we having? What level are we talking at? I think getting the what clear as well as collecting the information and, and the research on what's currently going on and, and really getting a comprehensive understanding is where we're clear. And then the how is what we're still figuring out um, right now. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, This is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Sonia Mays and Misha Stallworth, two new members of the Detroit School Board. They'll be sworn in tonight, uh, right before... The school board meets for the first time. Uh, also joining me is Chastity Pratt-Dossie, a reporter with Bridge Magazine, who joins us frequently to talk about education. Uh, we're talking about the new school board. We're talking about Detroit Public Schools and its future. Uh, now that we have a school board that has control of the district for the first time since 2009, what will it look like? What will schools be like? What will education be like for parents and kids here in the city of Detroit. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, you have a question for the board members, you have something that you want to talk about uh, with regard to the future of Detroit public schools or just public education generally here in the city of Detroit, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put your comments there or go to Twitter And hashtag Detroit Today will work your comments into the conversation. Before we get to the phones, uh, I I have a quick question. You guys have been uh, having, uh, you said, briefings from people in the district at uh, all different levels about what's going on. I'm really curious about the financial uh, situation in the district. And and my question is really simple. Is there going to be enough money to operate this district, uh, not just this school year? But uh into the next school year and the next, uh, uh, there were real questions during the legislative debate last summer over the legislation that uh, that reform the schools about how much money we need here in Detroit to operate the public schools are we are we on the verge of another financial crisis, or do we have at least a window of stability to try to to try to get things started,
2: right. And if I could add to that, uh, I, I, I wonder whether or not um, the legislation uh, really, uh, from what you know, addressed some, um, some, some shortfalls that are almost built into the process of educating kids. You know, uh, we know that the legislators didn't give the whole 750 million right. that uh, DPS uh, asked for; gave them 617. But there was concerns that. Uh, You know, not only was that not enough, but the way schools are funded and the way um, DPS is funded in particular, there's built in shortfalls every year that are going to happen. What's it looking like uh, from what you've seen? Are, Are we stable now?
1: Yes, the the district is stable now, Uh, and and to answer your question, Stephen, I I I, uh, we we believe that we do have a um, a window. Um, The question is how how small or how large that window is, and Mm -hmm. and I think um, buried in there also is a question about um, there's a question about it uh, efficacy, and so um, it is a very different thing to have a conversation about whether there's enough money to run the school district as it's been run, say in the last year. Versus, is there enough money to move and run a school district um, in a in a manner in which a, a truly high performing district would be run? Right, uh, and those are two very those different, really th- different th- questions. Those are, right. those are very very different questions, and I think uh, on that latter, um, we are um, we're we're we are still very very quickly, but we still are working through um, working through our understanding
0: of that. Uh, okay, uh, we're going to take some calls here, and again, if you want to join the conversation, three one three five seven seven. One zero one nine is the number three one three five seven seven one zero one nine. Let's go to James in Detroit. James, welcome to Detroit today. Good morning,
4: Stephen. Hey. Uh, congratulations to Board Member Mays, and particularly to Miss uh for being the youngest ever. <laughs> That's right, I court. didn't
0: even talk about that <laughs> <Thank> <laughs> That's a really significant thing <laughs> We're proud of her <laughs> Thank you so much That is a big deal <laughs> Go ahead James
4: My, my question is uh, How much preparation During the transition Did the uh, Transition manager staff Provide On briefing you On the priority school situation Detroit has 65 priority schools of its 95 schools. Losing those schools to the SRO will effectively end public education in Detroit. What is the plan that you were provided? Yeah.
0: So, so James, before we get them to answer, we should uh, we should talk about what priority. Schools are. These are schools that, and correct me if I'm wrong, for at least three years, I think, have not met state standards. Is that right? That's correct. Okay. Yeah. I got it right. There you go. <laughs> uh, uh, Sonia and Misha, have you guys gotten to the point where you're talking about, as, as James points out, uh, most of the district, in fact, falls into that category? Uh, what do you do about it? Um, These are the million dollar questions, right? (laughs) Yeah.
3: And and so we have gotten to the point where we've talked about it and where we've been thinking creatively about how to address that and also trying to be in communication with the school reform office and um, really advocate for our schools and and, um, think through what would need to happen in order to to keep schools open and and to continue public education in the city um but it is a a a big task right now um and i would say that um that that work what we we did work with the transition manager on it going going uh, through that, yeah. through those few months, but it's still ongoing. I guess is yeah. is the bottom line. I don't well, have a direct answer for that. And it there's, right now. The,
0: and we should acknowledge there's there's a, a tension built in into this whole question, which is, you know, should the SRO be the one to to sort of uh, make that determination? Should that determination be made uh, in in a time frame that doesn't give the new board a chance to to, to do anything? I mean, these are schools that have been under Uh, a different governance structure for for seven years now Uh, you know should there be an opportunity to 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 try to do something before that happens and then there's I think the biggest sort of tension here is is closing a school the way that you fix it I mean uh, is, is it even practical to close a lot more schools. Where do they in, do in that Detroit. at?
2: Is the question <laughs> <Right? laughs> right? really where? Right. where? Where do they just happen? say
0: we're going to close all the bad schools? We're going to close schools. I mean, <laughs> you know, we've got entire parts of Detroit now because of school closings and and other dynamics in the market that we just don't have enough schools. I mean, so even if the school that's located in a certain neighborhood is a quote unquote bad school. Uh, is closing it even the practice?
2: Well, I don't think it's a best practice anywhere. Identified, I don't think anybody else does. It, no one identifies yeah. closure as a best practice anywhere right. in the nation. Right. But that is a, a really <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so, so Sonia, what, what what's your thinking about this whole that whole question? I think it's a great question from James, uh, the original one about uh, you know sixty five schools that are on this list.
1: What I've learned about government over the last four years is 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 everything is more complex than it seems at first. <laughs> uh, Looks really easy from the outside, it, it, doesn't it? It does, it does. But, but Chastity's exactly right. Like, no one does it this way. Um, it, 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 it doesn't make sense. Um, but let me start with this. The The notion that Detroiters want high-performing schools, I think that's unequivocal. We can all agree on that. I don't think there's a single parent out there in Detroit who is sitting around saying, you know what? I think it's... let it's me send my kid to a bad school. Yeah, right. I, that's great. That's right. just a, that's just wonderful for my kid. That's not what they're saying. They want they want the our our parents want the same thing for their children here in Detroit that parents in Birmingham and Royal Oak and West Bloomfield want, and we all agree on that. So let's just um, you know I, I like to I, I like to level set with that point first. And so really what we're arguing about is the best way to to get to a, a higher performing school district. And um, and right now, state law says the best way to do that is to just close your schools. And what we know now, having gone through several years of, of that as a failed experiment, uh, we know that the consequences of closing a school extend far further than, um, you know, say the hundred or so students who are directly impacted by that um, I come to this board from a housing and community development mm-hmm. background, um, and I can, um, you know, I can I can spend hours talking to you about the negative consequences that a closed school has on a broader community, the consequences it has on public safety, the consequences it has on on job stability, um, and a whole host of other things, um, uh, property value. Um, it, it net net, it's not what we should be doing, um, yeah. and I and and again I. I like I, I, I try to approach things very optimistically, and I think that um, anyone, any rational person who who looks at the two sides of the scale can come to a point where they say, "Yeah, you know, I think that's probably we we can do better than just closing schools." Um, and I think this this board is going to have to play a really important. It's going to have to really play its advocacy well role, uh, role well as we progress through this school reform um, process this year. Yeah. And I would ahead, say Bishop.
3: that playing that advocacy role is going to be really essential across the board for us. I mean, just this past process that got us to this point, we know what the tensions are um, between the city and the state and and um, the challenges with our legislature. And so I think it's really essential that we are coming out the gate Um giving proper energy to advocacy and, and, and to understanding state operations and legislation and those kinds of things
0: Okay, uh, when we come back uh, we're going to continue our conversation about Detroit's new school board with new members Misha Stallworth and Sto- Sonia Mays uh, also Chastity Pratt-Dossi reporter with Bridge Magazine will stay with us as well Stay with us on the phones too 313-577-1019 is the number, we'll be right back on Detroit Today
5: Thank you.
0: listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for being here. My guests are Sonia Mays and Misha Stalworth. They are two new members of the new Detroit School Board, which gets sworn in tonight at Cass Technical High School. Uh, the first meeting of the new board will also take place tonight. We're talking about uh, what will What will happen now that Detroit now has control again of its own schools? Also joining me is Chastity Pratt-Dossi, a reporter with Bridge Magazine, joins us frequently to talk about education. Uh, Let's go to Greg and Frazier. Greg, welcome to Detroit Today.
5: Um, Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Uh Um, I was just calling about an out-of-the-box solution for their financing. Um, I was wondering if they could create like a Detroit Schools Bank public bank for the sole purpose of financing the detroit public schools um through um fractional lending the bank could ha- be a sole purpose of creating money uh for the uh, financing the detroit public schools a uh, bank has the power to create money it's the only thing that uh institution that can do that and um in that respect, it could create loans to loan to itself so, and so like, Greg uh,
0: you know it's an interesting idea i'm I'm wondering where you think the money to start the bank would come from. I think that would be our big our big challenge, right?
5: The money that they have now and and did business as this Detroit school bank, they would have ten times the amount of money that they deposit in the bank to spend on the on the school costs because of uh, they they could make uh, uh I believe because of fractional reserve lending, they could lend 10 times that amount back to themselves and pay interest, pay, practically pay no interest on any loans that they would make to themselves.
0: Yeah. You know, and- Greg, it's a it's a really interesting idea. And And if I'm not mistaken, you've called before and suggested this with in other contexts, like that you think that the state of Michigan, for instance, should have its own bank, uh, and I and I appreciate your calling and, and making the suggestion. I am not sure about the practical end of where you'd get the money to start that. I'm quite sure that- I'm not that, sure about uh,
2: the legality, so that's a public mm. entity. Well,
0: right, I mean, you certainly couldn't the, the take the, the per-pupil all uh, allocation from the state to do that with it. I don't think the state would love that, but uh, but interesting idea. And it does get to this I, this question, though, of how much money you actually need, like how much money do you need to, to operate the district in a way that it's more effective uh, than it is right now. Uh, D- John could not stay on the line, but his question was, how will the Federal Department of Education affect what happens here? How could Betsy DeVos, as secretary, impact Detroit public schools? Uh, I, I think that's another great question. I don't think we know a lot about... Uh, what she might do with regard to public schools uh, in the city, but uh, certainly she has not been a fan of public schools in our state. Uh,
1: I I think... What she said is that the Detroit school district should just fail well, and go okay. away. Yeah, absolutely. That has been leave.
2: one of the tenants. I also. don't think that's a very practical solution. Right. Um, it doesn't uh, deserve to exist. Let's
0: let's talk a little about the leadership question uh, in the in the district. We have were, uh, and I won't remember the exact amount of time, but uh, I think it's about a year. Alicia Merriweather, who was uh, a teacher and. Uh, a school leader in the in the district has been the interim superintendent, uh, the, the assumption being that uh, she wouldn't necessarily just slide into the permanent job, that there would be some sort of process that the board puts together. Talk about what that process will look like and what role she might play, in fact, in that process.
3: So we do have a subcommittee that we're establishing, you know, an ad hoc subcommittee of the board to work through that process. Um reviewing search firms and and the like um to your point it it is essential that we do our due diligence and and use the 90 days that um the legislation afforded us to go through this process and really make sure that um we're we're doing it she's not sliding into the job that we are doing you know, the, the the right thing in terms of how you go through that, even from just a general HR perspective, right? you know, you have a job, you you, you do a search, you, you look at candidates. Um, I would say that we are, you know, identifying the qualifications and looking at the kinds of things that we would really want someone to bring to the table in that role. And then Alicia will be evaluated against them just like anyone else.
0: Uh, uh, when you're thinking about that leadership uh, what role does stability uh, play in, in that kind of decision-making? Uh, Sonia, you pointed out that just about every 18 months we decide to do something different here in the city of Detroit. And I think most people would agree that that's part of the problem. That's part of uh, what has held the district back from certainly consistently consistency. Uh, does that issue of stability play into the decision that you'll have to make in terms of Keeping Alicia Merryweather or going with someone else? Uh,
1: of course, of course, it will. I and I, I I'm not in a position because we do, um, we do have a, a structured plan around this, so I'm not, I'm not in the position to sort of quantify um, the 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 degree to which um, that'll play a role. But 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 of of course it will. And I I, I think um, Misha laid the um, the process out very well. What I'll add to that is is that we we have a very strong responsibility. Uh, to communicate um, externally, particularly to parents and other community stakeholders, uh, a a very well-crafted, well-honed process um, and, um, and a process by which we are uh, committed to following. And I think at a high level, um, the evolution of that process has to go something like, what is the what is the clear mission of this district? Mm-hmm. What is the vision? where are we where are we driving to? We know we we have a rough idea of where we are now, but what in a in a very um, concrete way are we driving to? And then the question becomes, who is the best person to take us there, sure. and all, all, and everything is on the table. So stability, relationship with community, credentials—I um, think all of that is is, is is up for analysis in a very well-crafted process. And it's that process that we're after. Yeah.
2: Well, let's not forget where we are, though. This is Detroit, and we're very <laughs> clannish, and things get racially political.
0: Clannish. Well, that is it going to be a black short. person from Detroit?
2: <laughs> <laughs> hey! That will be one of the questions. questions. No
0: question. All right. Sonia Mays and Misha Stalworth, new members of the Detroit School Board, congratulations, and we look forward to seeing how this all unfolds over the next few months. Uh, Chesty Pratt-Dossi, reporter at Bridge Magazine, as always, thanks for being here on Detroit Today. See you next time. Absolutely. Uh, that's going to do it for me. I'll be back tomorrow. I hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET Detroit, Wayne State's public radio station. I'll see you tomorrow.